0: yeah we, we spend a lot of time together during uh, exhibition week um but a lot of that is just dragging our asses because we're so tired and just sort of oh mate let's have a beer and let's go to bed yeah. um and
1: talking about separately, the work of separately the day listeners. not that there's anything wrong with that but just <laughs> just to clarify <laughs> no, that doesn't say let's have a beer and go to bed all right <laughs> sorry
0: just realized how that sounded
1: Thanks to Cry Malt. This is Good Brews Week. I'm your host, Pete Mitchum, and joining me fresh from our sojourn into uh, Sin City, it's Matt Kierkegaard. G'day, Matt.
0: G'day, Prof. It's been far too long.
1: It has been. It has been. It's been one plane trip and not even uh, 24 hours. Uh, We have just returned from uh, a quick trip to Sydney Beer Week, where we were um, honoured to host a couple of panel discussions um, curated by our very own sponsors, Cry Malt, but also Kegstar. Who um, I, I guess um, recreated what's become a very popular um, outing during Good Beer Week down here in Melbourne each year, which is the uh, the trade the concept of a trade hub. So um, uh, panel discussions throughout a couple of days over a couple of days. We were lucky enough, as I say, to, to host a couple yesterday, which we'll talk a little bit about. But they will also appear in the following weeks to come as uh, standalone podcasts on their own.
0: Yeah, and funnily enough, Prof, that's one of the things that we, in our panel discussion yesterday we probably didn't talk about. We, our panel discussion, for those who are regular listeners, um, was, you know, have good beer weeks had their day, or have beer weeks had their day, looking at the you know abundance of beer events and
1: beer weeks and, you know, beer, festivals, beer festivals and one-day and... events and three-day events and nine-day events.
0: And, and in a time when, uh, you know, just about every craft beer bar is a you know ongoing beer event with rotating taps and tape takeovers and festivities and uh, you know brewing collaborations uh, with brewers and you sort of start thinking well what are some of these traditional uh, events what what's the place of them and the one thing that just occurred to me when you gave that intro was we didn't really touch on that they give the industry a chance to come together you know we'd focus on the consumer side of it but you know Good Beer Week and Sydney Beer Week when you do have these trade hubs and you do have everyone coming together, it, it is a really great chance for the industry to get together outside of the more formal craft, you know, you know Brewers' conferences. Yeah, yeah BrewCon sort of or, yeah.
1: or um, the AIBA Awards um, sort of period or judging those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, because it is, a far more for most, um, it, it has a, I guess a greater social, you know, catch up, relaxed vibe aspect to it. Yeah. Um, but really good, really good discussions. Um, and I think there'll be a lot of, uh, a lot of interest in, in what we chatted about. So our first panel discussion, as Matt said, was, uh, basically around, you know, are we suffering from festival fatigue or do we risk suffering from festival fatigue? Um, so we were able to speak to sort of, you know, the, the brewer member of, both a brewery and a good beer week organising committee, uh, Dave Phillips from Sydney Beer Week, and and then um, Marty Keedles Beer Insider, which is a two-day, three-session, 2, day, three session, two uh, day? Well, no, or it's two day. sessions because it's a Friday night and a Saturday. And a Saturday, yeah, so over two days, but effectively a, you know.
0: Two sessions, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so a really good spread of and, – and I think it's, it, it's, it's going to provide a lot of interest for our listeners, both consumers uh, as well as um, – The industry because it gives some really good insights into okay, well, you know, yeah, you don't just walk in and go, geez, how much have I got to pay to get in and then I got to buy beers? Um, It's good to sort of, I guess, shine a light on, well, here are all the things that you actually do get that you probably don't notice that you get, but you'd certainly notice if they weren't there. And, you know, we go back 10 years or so, you know, when I first started getting involved in, in these sorts of festivals, it was I won't say the usual suspects, but, you know, you there, there wasn't a great pool to draw from. Um, so you'd sort of, um, the punters might be new each time, but the brewers were were sort of fairly similar with, you know, one or two new additions. Um, it's got to the stage now where, yeah, there, there are so many breweries, there are so many events, you can't do them all and you need to be, shall we say, choiceful, Matt, about, um, <laughs> about what we, which ones they select in terms of, you know, what, what's going to be best for our brand, what's going to be good for, you know, return on investment, that sort of thing, um, and just physically, you know, how many can you do before you kind of look like you don't want to be there, and and that's obviously, uh, you know, a risk that we, that we run. But it was, yeah, look, um, really well supported, and I'll just take this opportunity, Matt, to point out. I remember I chatted to you. We were in the airport lounge, and I said, oh, look, Later in the day, um, Nick Becker from um, from Kegstar, who was sort of looking after it all for us, came up and said, oh, look, there's a, there's a guy down the back, um, says he's a regular listener. I thought, oh, look, must go down and, and, and catch up. And um, by the time I'd sort of finished, uh the um admin side of things getting the the next one ready and all that sort of stuff working out you know the the plan of attack um it actually gone and then i got a a, an email which we'll read out in mailbag i I got that as well yeah it was it it was
0: really really cool to um a couple of our uh, regular listeners were there and uh, mate, it's one of those things when i when i saw the email came came in last night and then um also byron lots who's another regular listener was there and you know met Byron just between the panels, had a quick chat to him, and then suddenly the panel started, you don't want to talk between that because it's rude, and then uh, you know, have to pack up the gear and you know thank the panellists and all of that sort of thing and uh, didn't get a chance to actually catch up um, uh, with, with, with either of those guys. But it was really, really cool that you know, listeners are coming out to, uh, to, to see us uh, do these things live.
1: Yeah, so I felt terrible that um that we didn't have a, yeah more of a chance to to catch up with the with the listeners um but hopefully you, you guys understand that and if we haven't already sent you out bar blades I hope you helped yourself to one of the ones that was on the table, um which were there you know, <laughs> with our compliments. Yeah. So hopefully that hopefully that makes up for it. But um we'll read uh, Evans' um, question within his email uh, when we get to to mailbag. Now Matt, not a lot of news this week, but obviously Sydney Beer Week. Uh, has been sort of the focus of attention and we'll uh, we'll have a, a quick talk about that um we will catch up with good mate brad rogers uh because you and i had a, a beer with brad rogers separately on different days and in different states um but for the same purpose and we'll have a bit of a chat about his new project we'll have a quick chat about beer shortage dun, 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 dun. Um, megan wrote a really good article uh, which we'll direct people to. We won't talk too much about it, but just uh, to let you guys know that it's there. Um, apropos of the discussion we had last week, you and I on this very program about CO2 shortages, but also you know drought and all that sort of stuff, um, possibly affecting the raw materials that make the beer that we love so much. And we will also have a quick chat about something else that I've just forgotten about. The
0: continuing evolution of the definition in the US for craft brewer.
1: Yes, there was, yeah, uh, some changes made there. So let, let's kick off with that. So let's let's go to our overseas desk, first of all. <laughs> Matt, you noticed, the while well, we were sitting around having a beer, actually, I think it popped up on your feed. Well, I will say that,
0: profit was just a, as a complete aside. It was, uh, we'd had hoped to get to Canberra um, in and around uh, Sydney Beer Week, and that didn't happen for a variety of reasons. So we found ourselves uh, Wednesday afternoon, in Sydney with absolutely no agenda, no itinerary. We uh, flicked her through a couple of quick texts around to see if anyone was about that we could uh, catch up with, and there wasn't. And I I can't remember a time... Because I reckon it's never been.
1: I reckon it's the first time.
0: Yeah, you know, we spend a lot of time together during uh, exhibition week, um, but a lot of that is just dragging our asses because we're so tired and just sort of, oh my,
1: let's have a beer and let's go to bed. Yeah. Um, and talking about separately, the work of the day. Separately, not that there's anything wrong with that, but just <laughs> just to clarify, that <laughs> no, doesn't say let's have a beer and go to bed, All <laughs> right. <it's... laughs>
0: Sorry, just realised how that sounded. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and, but yeah, you know, and, and there's a lot of talk around that. It was the first time I think we've ever just have you know sat down
1: and. Nowhere to go, nowhere to be, all day to get there. Yeah, caught up with a mate of mine, Rob, who's a regular listener as well, who happened to be separately um, in Sydney. So it was good to introduce you guys. Um, And it just meant that, yeah, we sort of – just just the chat just kind of flowed. We were able to – what do we end up picking up, about four or five – different uh, venues just within walking distance of, of darling harbour which is which is where we we're both staying
0: yeah we, we just landed in a, in a spot took the temperature of a couple of venues we went and checked out it you know just checked the beers and things like that and uh, you know prof i it might sound funny but i actually
1: enjoy your company <laughs> in the words of uh, Kerry packer thanks for your company <laughs> Uh, we'll get emails about that. But no, no, it was very pleasant not to sort of, oh, come, we've got to rush, we've got to get to the next thing or we've got to do this mm. and then we can have a beer or whatever. It was just, yeah, just a, a casual kind of wander around and um and got to uh, sample some of Sydney's wares in liquid form. But while, while we were doing that, while we were enjoying each other's company,
0: Bing, the notification went off and Matt said, oh. Brewers Association is uh, looking at change or consulting on the change of the definition. Um, it's always had, uh, you know, a three-legged definition Um, small independent and traditional so small was uh you know the the size of the brewery in terms of output volumetric
1: yeah measurement of of your output which i I, yeah as an aside i probably sound like a broken record but there's no such thing as too much of a good thing don't you think no but but again when you look like if i brew 14 million liters a year i'm i'm fine i'm in the club i'm allowed in the treehouse but if i brew four million and one liters i'm out
0: no, and exactly, and and that's where this is such a fascinating, you know, having over the last ten or fifteen years, uh, because gee, I'm pretty sure when we first were you know, writing, neither of us had craft beer in our, you know, blog titles. You know, you were Professor Pilsner, I was. Uh, yeah,
1: I was um, beer blokes. Good beer, beer Matt. in fact, yeah, I was good, good beer Matt. Lunches, um, yeah.
0: it was my first business, and it was so it yeah. became good beer Matt. Um, and I used to be very jealous of John Stallwood. Oh, gee, he was good getting that uh, microbrewing.com uh, domain name back in the days. I wish I had that. Um, you know, meanwhile, craft beer. You know, if we'd known that craft beer was going to be craft beer, there would have been you know all of those names. We but would have
1: snapped them all up.
0: Yeah, <laughs> but when craft beer first started taking off, it was. reaction against something it was you know a you know people talk about it a craft beer revolution they talk about it you know all all these things but it was actually a reaction against what went before and when you've got a reaction for what went before you you know you, you need to sort of define the elements that you're rebelling against and one of those was independence you know you didn't want big brewers that had market domination controlling the market and we want to be against them uh, we also want to be um, small because, you know, those big guys, they, to be big, you have to make really generic, boring lagers. And we hate those. We want to rebel against them. And you also have to be traditional. Those big guys, their beers are boring because they're, you know, um,
1: boards use, make them. Yeah, they use they, scientific techniques and, you know, Oh, they use industrial and, techniques oh, and they use sugar oh, and things like that oh, to lighten oh, the flavor. Terrible. Flame. Chemicals and all sorts of stuff.
0: And so everybody started, you know, sort of using hops and, you know, all malt and things until they didn't. And then you've got all of these small brewers going, well, actually, you know, if I use this ingredient or if I that's not traditional or if I use, you know, even cane sugar, just to
1: lighten them because, hey, the Belgians do and we love Belgian beers. No one says that Belgian beers aren't. And just, sorry to interrupt, Matt, but that was one of the classic uh, examples was, um, you know, wanting to brew, say, a quad or a, a Belgian-style triple um, but not being able to use, you know, candy sugar or you know, um, beet sugar or something like that—that that, that that has been a traditional for Belgian beers. It's been a traditional sort of thing. So that's that's the example that's that's often used.
0: Mm. And you know, like even uh, you know, some of the Belgian brewers use tetra hops, um, and and they're quite open about it. And you know, and, and it, it, it it's something that's come up a little bit recently. And you know, as we've t- discussed on the past post before, you know, that were I I, I quite inadvertently for a change um ruffled a few feathers when i (laughs) wrote about um (laughs) um (laughs) brood ipas and i said you know um the, the 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 definition between industrial and craft is blurring and you know like i wasn't having a dig at anybody for using enzymes to to break but you know once upon a time that was exactly the sort of technique
1: to, that we pointed to as identifying as a non-craft brewer. Yeah.
0: yeah. Um, and now we've got craft brewers going, fuck it, let's throw enzymes in and lighten the body of our IPA and see what comes out there. And so so there is this constant pressure on what is craft beer. Um, and you know, in Australia we've gone down the independence route, talking about and you know, now we're sort of going, oh, well, what does independence mean? You know, we've got private equity, we've got this, we've got that, you know, and we'll come to that. But so there's this constant tension um, and, you know, tearing apart and putting back together of the definitions of of, of what craft beer means. And so when the US, in the US, and there have been a couple of articles um, over the last couple of years looking at the changing definitions of craft beer, um, and now, you know, and and we've seen, for example, when small, suddenly Boston Beer Company, which is the biggest by far, um, you know, kept growing and kept threatening to pop through the upper limit. They they changed it and then they end up changing it so far that Boston, um, yeah, you know, won't go anywhere near. I think they're about two million barrels compared to a ceiling of six million barrels. Yeah. But now we're seeing Boston Beer Company. <laughs> they've suddenly stopped growing because there seems to, you know there, there's seems to be this glass ceiling to how big a craft brewery can get. Um, and but because they're a publicly listed company, there's a lot of pressure on them to constantly keep. You know, creating better earnings. They've gotten into um, apple cider, um, you know, hard cider. They've got into uh, alcoholic tea, and they've got into alcoholic spritzes, um, and those things are growing significantly. Um, and I think they made two million barrels of beer, but shipped about three point eight million barrels of product. Um, and from here, I'm quoting um, from a. Jeff Allworth uh, post on his Beer blog that I'll put in the show notes. And so suddenly, you know, once again, when Boston Beer Company starts coming up against limits, the red, you know, one company in 7,000, the overly large tail is wagging the, uh, the, the the dog. And so this is a headline craft beer means dot, 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 anything Boston Beer wants it to be. And so yeah, it's, it's really interesting <laughs> to see how. Um, you know th- these debates seem to coalesce around one very very large player.
1: Yeah, hey Matt. Here's a here's a really delicious tidbit that uh, that will uh, some of our listeners are probably unaware of. Um, apropos of Boston Beer, do you recall? I, I reckon it was episode three or four of of um, Radio Brews News. We spoke to Annette Barron, who was the um, yeah, beer yeah, Brewers. Uh, the director of, um, of Beer Wars, the documentary, and one of the, the, the best points that kind of defined craft versus mainstream was Jim Cook from Boston Beer describing uh, the fact that, you know, Budweiser spills more beer in their packaging than I make in a year. So, you know, their, their industrial waste, you know, is my, my life's passion. Um, and I'm not saying he makes more beer now than than Bud does. He possibly sells more, um, or his you know his percentage increase is greater. Uh, but it's really interesting now that the little guy is now kind of you know the big guy. But he was also um,
0: always a, followed a contract brew model, so he had beer coming out. I think the same brewery was making PBR at one stage, and you know, yeah, they do have some brews. Yeah. And so so it was always one of those ones that was a very very hard fit with these, you know, highly passionate. Um, tightly defined, crafty this you know, minuscule little um, thing. Um, and, and actually talking about um, beer was and, and at Barron, the, the, the funny thing about that was she was roundly criticized when she made that movie. one of the flaws that people latched onto was that she also included a friend of hers who was making a contract brute who had left Boston Beer Company and was I think it was called moonshot, uh, coffee infused or a caffeine infused beer. Yeah, um, and everyone goes, "Oh, that's not craft." Well, these these days, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, and if and, she you made know,
1: a pastry stout, she would have been lauded.
0: <laughs> <yeah>. So, funnily <laughs> enough, Beer Wars was a great documentary, but it's the, the war isn't just small against big anymore. Yeah, you know, we're we're tearing each other apart. We're we're looking at it, but
1: um, well, so so the basic change, Matt, is that traditional has now become trish, traditional or innovative. So we can use techniques that are innovative. As well as traditional, so and this is partly to include things like hemp beers or cannabis-based beers, as well as hard cider, hard lemonade, malt-based liquor products.
0: Oh, well, maybe I need to go back because I, I think you know it used to include you know like that you weren't making adjunct lagers because that was one of the reasons that um, Yingling was uh, you know they were family-owned and had been for six generations. They're older than Coopers, but they didn't come within the uh, you know the the Brewers Association definition. Definition. Yeah. They made Great, um, lager. Great lager, adjunct lager, yeah. Um, so I, I, I think there's that element. We are starting to see brewers using tetrops. They're starting to use uh, enzymes and non-traditional. But then also we've got brewers that are becoming, you know, multi-beverage companies. Um, and so you, you could always have a little bit of, you know, you could always be a craft brewery and have a hard cider, you know, just to eke out your range. Um, so when people came in, if they weren't, you know, if you had five friends, one of them doesn't drink beer, they'll come in and drink your cider um, is it, it, the sort of thing. But now we're seeing Boston Beer Company is a brewing company, but it's almost as big making things that just aren't beer in any way, shape or form. They're not malt-based, you know, they they may have a malt base, but they are... Beer, Jim, but not as we know it. Yeah, or or not beer at all, you know, like cider or, you know, sparkling... Um, uh seltzer water you know or, or alcoholic um seltzer alcoholic soda when you start thinking about it you know you, you think of the big brewers you know they've got their beer division they've got their you know shitty spirits division you know you know their rtd division they've got they, they make cider they're, they're, and one of the criticisms that was always about that was well if you've got you know seven or eight very you know if you've got a wine line if you've got these things you actually don't care about the craft you know, the, the beer category as much as you just want to sell more alcohol to more people um, and so you're not a good custodian for the idea of brewing it is one of the underpinnings um, that, that, that came with that now something we're seeing one brewery is very um, broad-based and isn't just focused in the beer industry um, but will change the definition to accommodate that and When we do that, do we get further? I mean, there is no one true grand unifying theory of what beer is and what beer should be. But if you do make this change, then the centre of gravity of the whole conversation starts to change and you start moving away from... Um, some of the elements and you know you you do have big brewers that are looking at things other than beer and putting their focus into things other than beer and that can distort the market
1: yeah so that'll be an interesting one to to keep an eye on because um, as we're chatting off air you know if, if, if if america sneezes we get a cold so presumably if something happens over there we'll we'll certainly um, have a look at it, uh, which is a nice lead into. It was good to catch up yesterday with um, Alexis Roitman, the CEO of the uh, Independent Brewers Association, who came down and, and sat on the the second panel that you and I were part of um, about labelling and and packaging. And um, big ups to the to the IBA. There's been a hell of a lot of work put into producing, um, I guess, a suite of um, of resources around. Um, so you want to be a brewer. Here's a one-stop shop for everything you need to know about your requirements, legal and otherwise, um, for packaging, labelling, tap decals, billboards, posters, um, social media marketing, the whole Magilla. Yep, which is really good.
0: Yeah, and, and well, we we posted when they when they did it, but yesterday and our two trade panels that we did yesterday um, on Beer Weeks, and then also the the marketing, uh, which I'm going to call the second one the uh, Australian the Radio Brews News All Star Panel. Um, Because it had some of our favourite guests on it, Um, it will probably go up next Friday. So we'll put ours up this Friday and then the following Friday um, as as special edition podcast. So look for it.
1: So keep an eye out for that.
0: In the garden, what a garden! Brews News is made possible by Brewpack, Australia's number one craft contract brewer.
1: Let's have a quick chat about Sydney Beer Week because there's a lot of buzz around it and the day before in the in the Trade Hub, there was a, a panel discussion about sort of the, the whole mental health sort of aspect. Um, I, I, I hope that was recorded. I hope somebody did get something, but I, I don't know if it, if it was and I don't know how many were, were there. I, I think the room was fairly full from, from what the guys were telling us. Um, but certainly the feedback um, on my social media feed uh, has been all positive.
0: Yeah, and, and look, it, it's a really good topic, it, and, and it is one that has become a, a bit of a buzz at Touchstone. the moment, where everyone's talking yeah. about it. But it's something that, you, you know, I don't want to go back over. We, we talked a little bit about this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, we sat there and we were catching up and talking about what we do for work, which is drinking beer. So you know, we sat down and you know, look, I, I was really pleased, Prof, because you know, about eight o'clock, he said, "Oh no, look, I'm done," and you know, we weren't. Falling over each other, we didn't have our arms, uh, you know, as much as I wanted to. Um, we, I didn't have my arm around you, saying "I love you, man," and
1: uh, you know, you <laughs> no, know, no, no, this guy, no no. <laughs> no, no, you, no, you,
0: oh, this so guy. Sorry, but yeah, there, there, there We hadn't. We're nowhere near that stage. We just had, you know, um, a, a few beers, and I'm hesitant to say how many because you know I don't like to overtweet beers. It, it, it was, it was more than your, your recommended daily intake is. Um, and we, we weren't smashed. We weren't anything like that. But when you're at a beer week, that is your day-to-day reality. Um, and unless mm. you actively pull the pin and then you've got the fear of missing out or you know, am I being rude or, you know, geez, I'm here. I've got to catch up with all these people and everyone's drinking. And, you know, can you be at a beer week and drink soda water? Um, <laughs> so it is a good balance.
1: Yeah. Um, so we'd love to get uh, our listeners who went to more events. Cause as I say, we were, we were kind of, um, shoehorned into, you know, the, uh, the, the, trade hub side of things. Um, there was heaps of, of others, other stuff going on. So let us know if, um, you particularly liked, uh, some events that were on, um, and also take the opportunity. Uh, if you get the chance, if you like, if you registered for an event or bought a ticket to an event, you'll probably be, um, contacted by the Sydney, beer week organisers, um, to sort of, uh, to give, to give you feedback. Matt, we, as I suggested, we're lucky enough to catch up with an, a, a, is he a doyen? Is he a veteran? Is he, uh, an icon? He's Brad Rogers. So, uh, CUB, uh, Matilda Bay and more recently, obviously, oh, uh, um, masthead brew, mast, Oh, of course. yeah Sanctuary Cove. Sanctuary Cove. Uh, but, that, but that, was all through via CUB. Yeah. Um, and uh and he's not gone out on his own but has um look he's, he, it's fair to say his last couple of years um has been challenging um for those who don't know he, he was sort of uh in, involved in not of his fault uh but a, a, a reasonably serious road crash um and he took the the opportunity to sort of you know, over a beer, chat about, you know, it kind of makes you reassess things and um, have a look at what you're doing and, you know, what do you want to do and all that sort of stuff, um, and has decided to, to put the boots back on again and um, and get brewing. So it's pretty much a, a one-man operation uh, supported by a lot of people who are around um, the the Stone and Wood family in terms of, you know, marketing ideas and, and label design and names and all that sort of stuff. And he's come out with his own label called Forest for the Trees.
0: Yeah. um, it, Look, great summary of, of Brad. And I, I think Doyen and,
1: you know, you don't want to cause... – Doyen, I think I think you've got to be older to be a Doyen, don't you?
0: Um, Well, he turns 50 next year, so <laughs> –
1: Sorry, I'm not that's, old. That's still younger than you. <laughs> yeah, there, there's got to be a definition. Like the, the Brewers Association will probably have one. You must be at least sixty-five before you can be a doyen. I reckon.
0: There, there was a somebody posted to Twitter the other day. You know, gee, isn't it a shame that legend has uh, changed from being able to pull a sword from a stone to <laughs> oh, you've you, you bought some chips, <laughs> legend, <laughs> so, um yeah, no, but look, I, I think he is, but he's certainly, uh, you know, like a uh, huge um, presence on the, uh, you know, huge influence on the Australian beer industry for for all of these things, and uh, um, not, not least because he was the man that created Pacific Ale, um, and uh, yeah, no, very, really, really exciting, because he has had a, a pretty tough two years. He had the accident, and uh, I remember seeing about the accident in my Facebook feed, but he was sitting up in hospital, thumbs up, you know, this happened, um, you know, but everything was okay, but... Uh, he had some complications afterwards, and uh, you know has had a bit of a road to recovery. Yeah. But at the same time, the three founders—Brad, um, um, Jamie, and uh, Ross, um, Jamie of the Cook Limit—have um, all gradually been stepping back a little bit um, from the business as they've got good people in, and they're letting them run the day-to-day operations while they're taking yeah. more of a strategic guiding role. And th- this is one of the things that Brad's able to do. But it was really nice talking about. You know, following up from you and I catching on. It's it's um, not very often that you just get to sit and have a beer with Brad because you normally bump into him at beer week or you know the last time we probably caught up was when you, me, and um, James Atkinson sat went down to Byron Bay and had a bit of a tour and a bit of a look around about the, the the plans. But that was all yeah. go 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 go. This was actually sitting down, having a couple of beers with Brad and um, having a bit of a chat, and it was really great to see to find out a little bit about the time because the beer we probably should talk about the beer that he's launched the first uh, forest for the trees um beer is a uh, spice saison lovely beer but it's it's a beer that's got a bit of a story because when brad was at matilda bay he created barking duck which anyone that's have been in and around the beer industry for you know longer than the last four or five years um you know certain would remember barking duck coming out of matilda bay and it was one of those beers that people still cite with you know great reverence as a beer that wow that was just an amazing what beer. is going on here yeah and, but it was interesting to find out that brad had never brewed a saison before he brewed that beer and he i think he would picked up a book called brewing farmhouse styles and read about it and thought, oh, this sounds interesting.
1: Let's give that a crack.
0: <laughs> Basically, let's give
1: that a crack. And it's fair to say, you know, without rewriting history, um, that neither the market nor the marketing department um, within Matilda Bay slash CB were, were perhaps ready for it back then.
0: No, but it, it, again, it was one of those beers that just was that really exciting. And, you know, like all good things, you know, all things that are deeply influential um, tend to be revered amongst a fairly small you know like a, have a fairly small initial audience um but then their impact that beer influences others who then yeah. sometimes have the, the the bigger
1: appeal but it's still that's it. it's, it's almost the, it's the pebble in the middle of the pond and, and all we see now are the the widening ripples
0: yeah yeah and um so i, I was very excited and I, I, I remember you know back 10 years ago between when um, that the guys had left Matilda Bay and they'd announced that they were going to open their brewery 10 years ago, that they posted to social media, well, you know, we're going to open a brewery. What should our first uh, style be?
1: Um, and I actually posted
0: a Saison because it was such a, <laughs> you know, I, I knew I could do good... But uh, anyway... Um, uh, lo-
1: ironic then that their first beer was, uh, was styleless. Was Well, or was it? was it? Dun, 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 dun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Lovely to catch up. Um, really great to try... Uh, the, the 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 saison, um, beautiful beer, um, you know, just really nicely, you know, very spicy. You Get a lot of star and
1: ace um, coming through. Can I can I just say too, and it's look, it's it's it shows that brewing is a skill, but it's not something you necessarily master after two or three brews. Um, so I don't know, you know, had had Brad knock this out at. Um, uh, you know, Sanctuary Cove, the old Masthead Brewery, for example. You know, would it be uh, quite a different beer just based on his skills and and knowledge and that sort of thing? But it was, the word that sprang to mind was refined. Like there was a lot going on, but it was a beautiful. It was delicate in so many ways, and yet it was punchy in, in other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and just a beautifully crafted beer. So. Yeah.
0: And and, which has been a bit of a theme for us. uh, We shouldn't talk it
1: up too much because there were only, I'm going to say it was 114 cases or something. Yeah, there's there's really not much of it around. Um, But if you can get hold of it and and keep an eye out for uh, Forest for the Trees, um, uh, I think the idea is that it's going to be, okay, well, now we'll brew another beer and boom, there's that batch. I'll tell you what, the thing that excited me, that I love a Saison, it's one of my favourite beer styles, but um,
0: Flanders Red is... uh, Going to be in the offer. He's apparently got a he got a good deal on some uh, wine casks. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and a Flanders red, which again is is one of the styles that I just love. Uh, you know, when, when I do a corporate tasting, and you might sort of start with a lager or a you know, pilsner, and um, yeah, you know, maybe you know nice xpa or something like that and then suddenly you smack them between the eyes with uh duchess de Burgoyne or like a flanders red and you sort of see the eyes reeling and uh, it's a style that i love and that is even though it's going to be limited edition i'm going to be uh, putting in an order for uh, at least a case i can put down and save over a couple of years so very speaking exciting, of
1: obviously. speaking of limited we are getting close to cooked um oh geez we are too yeah we so we actually said anything uh, Matt, something else that popped up in my feed this week, uh, and we were lucky enough to visit the Endeavour Tap Rooms at the Rocks, um, looking to create a bit of capital.
0: Yeah, and, and again, going. I guess this touches back to the original definition of um, the discussion we we're talking about. About definitions, um, Endeavour Brewing, um, which has for a long time was a, I don't know whether gypsy or contract, whether you would describe them as as that, but they were always, uh, you know, they, they they never had a
1: home. Uh, I think they. I think most of uh of what bear was producing was coming out of the same location coming out of tribe or uh, brew pack i think so yeah I, I stand to be corrected yeah so if it comes out of two or three different ones then i guess maybe a gypsy but yeah either, either way they didn't have their own stainless
0: no they didn't have their own but uh, remedied that and we got to see the uh tap rooms um which was an interesting like a heritage
1: tiny little pokey windy area where the, the the brewery like an old style English tea rooms house yeah you know, um, with, with lots of little kind of anterooms, rooms you know um, throughout and a little kind of you know maze of of stairways and passages and things which is which is really really nice yeah you but,
0: wouldn't um, you wouldn't
1: want to you know have a footy team in there for a you know,
0: know uh, yeah.
1: awards night or, or anything but <laughs> Bull in a
0: china shop springs yeah. to, to, to yeah. But, it, but yeah the, the brewery is in the centerpiece our most uh tap you know brewery tap rooms you walk in and bang, there's the stainless there because they, you know, they they want
1: to scream it or the timber clad copper.
0: Yeah, having established that in partnership with uh, Applejack Hospitality, um, so it's a hospitality venue and a sort of t- Touchstone Brewery. Um, they they've recently this week gone for a crowdfunding campaign, um, but not your average everyday world guys. You know, chip in fifty bucks each and help us buy the bottles for our next beer. Um it's an equity crowdfunding which is only new to Australia so it's a little bit like equity for punks um, that Brewdog use where you similar concept yeah, yeah. so you
1: own you'll own a percentage or you'll own shares ra- rather than we love you and and you'll get a 10% discount on merch or exactly. whatever it's, and, it's and a t-shirt yeah
0: which is interesting so it's the first brewery to use the the, the platform um, it's a way of getting you know becoming not I won't say publicly listed but getting sort of the public involved in a business without having to go through the full um, you know, very expensive
1: um, IPO or you know listing, sh- yeah, share offer and all those sorts of yeah, economic y economicy businessy things.
0: But it, and, and it's just interesting because I contrast. I look at uh, you know Black Ops recently um, raised. I think they sold ten percent of the company and raised three million dollars to fund their next brewery, which is the same amount that Endeavour's going for. Um, but they did it very much through buzz, and Black Hops are very good at building. This community around them, and so then just you know, quietly putting out, hey guys, we're doing a bit of a share raising. If you want to own a little bit of the company, and they were massively oversubscribed in a very very short period of time. Um, such is the buzz and the hype of that brand. And yeah, so Endeavour has gone another way. And uh, I was hoping that we could catch up um, in Sydney with Ben, but we hadn't sort of pre-planned it and didn't manage it. So we might even have a bit of a chat to Ben about, you know, looking at, you know, why not go to private equity, for example. You know, why not go to you know private, um, more diffuse equity, as, as Black Ops has? You know, why go to public uh, you know, e- equity um, the, the way he's done? And I know, I know that he said to Megan um, that it was to let mums and dads invest. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm, I'm interested in you know why people choose the models that they choose. So uh, anyway, um, there, there will be a link in the show notes. Yeah.
1: Um, so if you're interested in owning a brewery, uh, you can
0: you know, make it a good endeavour.
1: Yeah, that's probably about it. I was going to re- – yeah, um, we're recording this on Friday, November the 2nd, and uh, Saturday, November the 3rd, is the 20th annual Learn to Homebrew Day across the world. Beginner, hobbyists, and professional brewers from all over the world are invited to participate. Did you know that? I did not know that. I did yeah. not know that. Well, it's that. too late because this will drop on Monday or Sunday night, won't it, so you won't have had a chance. But if you want, you know, brew something. If you're a homebrewer, brew something and say, yeah, I participated. Um, I've got a letter from, uh, as we suggested, from Evan Obb. Uh, who was at the panel, but we didn't get a chance to catch up with him, and he had a question. And the question is, if there was ever thought to expand some of Sydney Beer Week events to be more west, i.e. Penrith kind of area, try to sway more of the market out there to the good life. It's a beer conversation on its own, as the Westie beer lover is mostly made up of the 5% Corona market share, the beer from up there, but down there, uh, or a hard-earned thirst. But I do see a kind of shift with high street social's popularity, but on my visit, still a lot of time making cocktails, slow the place down, and they still have a Carlton draft or the like on tap too. So I wanted to see if any analysis and observations are on point, and if there was any push from the event people to spread the marketing opportunities. Or... It's not even a thought.
0: On that one, I, I love that he prefaced the um, question by sort of saying, I was in the room, but I was worried you were coming up against a cook limit. <laughs> so <laughs> he, he didn't want to ask it. So I thought, I thought that was great. It would have been great to have Dave, given Dave from Dave's Brewery Tours is the owner of Sydney Beer Week. It would have been great if you'd actually um, asked that yesterday so we could ask him directly.
1: Um, and to be fair, it's probably, we, we really should consider Sydney Beer Week to only be in, in its second year. Despite the fact that there have been more before it, but but under Dave's auspices, it's it's in its second year, um, and yes, I guess looking at the event calendar, it's fairly Sydney centric at the moment. But so was Good Beer Week in Melbourne ten yeah. years ago. Uh, it does tend to kind of uh, grow organically, um, and it's stuff like this. It's people from those areas sort of saying, you know, what about me? Um, that that makes you know it might not be that you get uh, particular venues on side, but maybe there can be something, you know.
0: Or get a venue
1: on side, but you can't
0: just go to a venue.
1: and. and th- th- yeah, there's got to be a, a business proposition. There's got to be, you know, um, something in it for for all parties, as, as Dave sort of said in the discussion panel yesterday. So so listen to the, the, the
0: discussion you had about that. But again, it's, um, you know, like, Prof, when I was, you know, fired up about when I first got into craft beer and I sort of, you know, was first doing tastings and I was getting really upset that, no venues were putting on craft beer because craft beer is the future but yeah it may well be the future but it's not the now and these businesses you know a a lot of businesses unless you want to make your business based on driving that future potential um, and that becomes your point of sale most venues need to stay open now and if there's not a market for it in a certain region um, it can be hard to get them on so to, to to spread the footprint for something like um, Sydney Beer Week. I guess you need a really supportive venue that's dynamic enough to take the idea and run with it. Um, and also, as I said, be willing to realise that it's not necessarily a profit maker; it's a branding exercise. So it's a, you know, it may be a revenue
1: neutral for a lot of effort, but your marketing. But if you your- can bring if you can bring thirty people into your, into your venue that may not have been there, other than they were attracted by you know an ad through. Sydney Beer Week, or or not even that, but but you're just marking yourself out as being the place to
0: go, the centre in our community of craft beer, Um, and then that, and then word spreads. Because like you know, it's I I, sometimes I I, you you worry that you're losing, that it's just becoming all too hard. But I don't think it's that. But you know, like last week I was out, I presented at an AgForce conference um, in Roma, and I've been out to Roma four or five times. And I've done, you know, because people go, oh, beer tasting, let's get that guy out from Brisbane. And so I've done it in a whole lot of, you know, regional communities. Um, and, you know, I used to take out the beers that you know, I love. I'd take out these, you know, smash them in the teeth, IPAs and things like that. And you'd see all these guys sitting around with their, you know, hat, their cowboy hats on and they're sort of uh, squinting into the sunset look, you know, as you're sort of trying to talk about how awesome these beers are. And they, they could, You can could just tell, they're going, this guy's cracked. How can anyone drink this shit? <laughs> Um, and so last week I took out to an Ag Force dinner. Um, it was just a basic food pairing. I took out Green Coast Lager from Stone and Wood, um, nice, easy-drinking lager. I took out um, the Brown Ale from New England, which is just a delightful English-style Brown Ale. And then I took out Holgate Temptress to, to match the dessert because they were three regional breweries that... I was sharing with the region, and, you know, it was really, really interesting. You know, like, they, at the start of the night, there was a whole lot of debate about whether Great Northern or um, uh, Iron Jack were, were the better beer. And I'm hey, pal, if you can tell the difference between them, you're better palate than I am. Uh, but you can't, like, you can't say that. Um, but, you know, even a beer like um, Stonerwood Green Coast is a little bit too forward for them because they don't necessarily drink. Um, you know, even getting the beer in a glass in this function venue... Was a bit of a challenge, um, so you can't just expect that because craft beer is a thing in Brisbane, um, the craft you can just sort of parachute craft beer into any community and have a successful take up, and if you try and push it too far too fast you can actually burn the venues and they go, oh, mate, this craft beer thing, not for us. And you'll never get them back on.
1: <laughs> just looking back at that quick <laughs> limit. Whoop. I could see the past, I could see there? the path, And there you were just meandering. <laughs> now, look, uh, it, we, we do need to finish up. Um, thanks very much to uh, to all our listeners. Uh, thank you very much to all those uh, who support us and uh, come out and see us and uh, give us money to make this whole thing possible. And Matt, just like to finish on um, a, a bit of a somber note, but um, but I think it's you know it's a good opportunity And if it's okay with you, um, if you'll indulge me, I'd like to dedicate uh, this particular episode of of Good Brews Week to Dr. Ian Davis, who passed away on Thursday. Um, There's heaps of Facebook stuff. Um, If you go to Sterling Howland's um, page, Good good Friends of of Dr. Ian Davis, I was lucky enough to um, spend quite a bit of time with him and and get to know him, um, and and just absolute inspiration. Um, So he was the one behind Fight MND um, through which things like Cavalier Courage came about, um, and obviously, um, Brumanity and the Social Beast. And it's probably in, if you're, if you're in Melbourne, you're probably just as familiar with, um, with Neil Danaher, the, the former Melbourne, uh, coach who is also suffering from the horrific disease. Um, so uh, Ian's family posted, um, that, uh, they would like to ask, all of the the listeners all the beer lovers out there to um to have a beer for Ian uh, it's what he would have wanted
0: yeah, and and go out and have one of the ones that uh, support the, uh, the the MND research and the uh, search for a cure for that and uh, that, that would be a a very fitting tribute to a uh, to, to a man that's uh done so much and has inspired so many
1: yeah, yep, yeah, 100%. And um, you might even, uh, you know, you, a lot of people will also probably be supporting November, given it's November. Um, so maybe you can uh, have one extra beer and donate that to, to Fight MND, as well as supporting November. All right, we must away. Um, we'll do it all again next week. As Matt said, we've got uh, a couple of, I guess, extra special... Great three-parter with uh, Stephen Guy that uh, dropped this week, so... Yep, and then next that. week, we'll have, over the next two weeks, the next two Fridays, we'll have... Sort of some special edition um, yep. from Sydney Beer Week. The uh, the I guess the, you know the audio transcripts of the um, the panel discussions that we had. Exactly. No worries. We'll see you all next week. Cheers, Prof. Thanks, Matt. Have a good one, and we'll talk to you all soon. and we're out.